We read again tonight from the book of Hebrews chapter 11. The book of Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, we'll be looking at the same passage of Scripture, but want to uh, focus in on the first part of this passage of Scripture. Uh, some additional thoughts uh, before we move on to other things. Uh, we remember, as we look at this passage of Scripture from Romans chapter 15, verse 4, uh, whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. So the things that are written are written for our learning. And we want to look uh, at faith and worship and a focus on God at the dawn of human history. And we're looking at three different instances here. And all three of these can teach us something, even though this is even back before the flood at the earliest days of human history. What do these events have to teach us? Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen are not made of the things which are visible. By faith... Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warmed of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, and prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the things we can learn from your word. We ask that we would indeed pay attention to these things, and Father, help them to find their place in our hearts. All of us have different needs tonight, but we all need to hear from you in one way or another. We ask that that would happen, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Three issues that we learned from three different events that are mentioned here. Uh, as we look at this passage of scripture throughout the whole 11th chapter, we deal with some of the heavy hitters of Hebrew history. Uh, but then we look at these, and two of these are, are really, we would think, kind of minor uh, events in the whole history of the Hebrew nation. But through them, we learned some things. We learned proper worship, and proper worship is found in verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And it speaks of the faith of Abel. And we only hear just a little bit from Abel. And we won't look at the whole story back in Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. What was the writer of Hebrews speaking of when he talked about the faith of Abel? Genesis chapter 4 Back at the very earliest chapters of the Bible, in verse 1. Now Adam 
knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Here's the story, and we read this story, and we know two sons were born to Adam and Eve. And in verse 3 it says, In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. There's several details that tell us about proper worship. It's quite fascinating. I understand this was centuries before the law. This was centuries, a millennia, before Moses went up onto Mount Sinai. But we have a specific time for worship. It says it came to pass in the process of time. In the process of time, it's a specific time mentioned. In the Hebrew language, it specifically means at the end of days. At the end of days could be at the end of the year, at the harvest. At the end of days could also mean the Sabbath. And way before the law, God was already specifying the Sabbath or a specific time for worship. In the process of time, and that tells us there was a specific time they expected and they knew to bring an offering to God. Secondly, they brought an offering. That tells us there was a specific place, a specified place. Here it is, only the second generation of humanity. And there's already a specified time, and there's already a specified place of worship to bring to the Lord. Then, of course, there is a specific manner of worship. This is a mystery. Uh, until you begin to look at the detail as to why did God reject the offering of Cain? Was it because it was uh, out of plants or out of uh, the, the fruit of the ground instead of a, an animal? Absolutely not. In Leviticus chapter 2, verse 1, it speaks of grain offerings. So it's not that uh, poor Cain was not a, a keeper of sheep, so he didn't have what Abel had to bring to the Lord. You look at the details. And first of all, we understand that it just simply says that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Doesn't tell us much until we look at Abel's offering. And Abel brought of the firstborn of the flock. Cain just brought something. Abel brought the firstborn. Abel brought the best. Abel made sure that God got his part first. 
And all that's said of Cain is that he brought part of it. Now, part of this mystery also is solved by the writer of the book of Hebrews. Now, you, the writer of the book of Hebrews says this, By faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. Now, that's important. Now, you understand, we don't know exactly who the writer of the book of Hebrews is. Understandably, the writer of the book of Hebrews had a very deep knowledge of Old Testament history. But also, if you read the whole book, he had a very deep, detailed knowledge of Old Testament deep theological truths. This is a very deep book that goes back to the very, very roots of Hebrew worship. So this guy who wrote the book of Hebrews was a very knowledgeable man, a very studied man. Uh, a very uh, a, a very steeped in Hebrew history and in Hebrew scriptures. And he says, by faith, by faith, Cain's, uh, Abel's offering was accepted by the Lord. Now, that's where you kind of get the details as to why was Abel's offering better than Cain's. By faith, Abel offered a better offering. Well, you do a little bit of homework in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If Abel brought a better offering by faith, faith comes by hearing from God. That tells us that God had given them instructions. And by faith that came through the word of God, Abel did what was right. And Cain had the same instructions. Now, we only see through human eyes, but we know that God is just, and God makes no mistakes. And if God rejected Cain's offering, there was a reason for that. But the writer of the book of Hebrews spells it out. By faith, Abel offered what he gave to God. And that tells us that there was something far less to Cain's offering. God provided instructions for an acceptable sacrifice. And Abel brought the first fruits. Cain just brought something. Then you remember the interaction they had after Cain got angry. Of course, that tells us that there's something wrong there. And God says... Cain, sin lies at the door, and you need to get a grip on this. And then it says later on that Cain slew Abel. This kind of hatred didn't happen in a flash. It happened later on. So we understand that Cain harbored something in his heart that was hideous. God knew it. And as he brought his something to God, not his best, we understand it wasn't accompanied by faith. It was accompanied by a heart that had all of this ill will toward his brother that finally boiled over. So we understand proper worship, specified place, specified time, specified manner to bring our best to God and to bring our best to God with hearts of faith. And that's why Abel's offering was called a more excellent offering to God. Then we have a proper walk back in the book of Hebrews where we were. It talks about Enoch. 
And it says of Enoch, by faith, Enoch was taken away, so he did not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Well, I want to back up to Genesis and get that story. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 18, is speaking of all the generations of Adam and walks through this genealogy. And right in the middle of it, we have Enoch. Jared lived 162 years and begot Enoch. And after he begot Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. All the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Two times it says Enoch walked with God. The book writer of the book of Hebrews says Enoch pleased God. So we understand there's a proper walk here. When we talk about the walk, we know that he was not talking about the physical activity of putting one foot in front of the other. He was talking about a lifestyle. He was talking about a life choice. He was talking about his practices, the whole being of Enoch. Enoch walked with God, and he pleased God. So the writer of the book of Hebrews under divine inspiration and the knowledge that he had of Hebrew scriptures could point back to Enoch and say, by faith, Enoch pleased God. So that tells us this. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And he that comes to God must first believe that he is. So we understand that Enoch believed God. He believed that God existed, but he also believed in God and had faith in God. Not only that, but Enoch agreed with God. We find that, of course, you understand the Bible by reading the Bible. In the book of Amos, chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? Enoch walked with God. So what does that tell us about Enoch? Enoch not only believed God and knew that God existed and knew about God, but Enoch agreed with God. And that is, there's a difference. When we know about God but don't believe God and don't agree with God. Cain knew about God, talked with him. But could you say he agreed with God? Absolutely not. Can you say that Cain walked with God? Absolutely not. Enoch knew about God. Enoch knew God. Enoch believed God. Enoch agreed with God. And all of this in a very crooked and perverse generation because it's just a few lines down the page, which encompasses about 600 years, it talks about God looking at man and said, man is exceedingly wicked. And in the middle of a perverse generation, Enoch walked with God. Or as the book of Hebrews says, Enoch pleased God because Enoch walked by faith. So because of his faith, he made the... Heroes, Hall of Fame of Faith in the Bible, the book of uh, the 11th chapter of Hebrews. Then we have a proper witness. And the proper witness is found here. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, 
moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world, became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Proper witness is Noah. Now, where do we get a proper witness here? Well, the apostle Peter, who also had a knowledge of Hebrew scriptures, and of course, other Hebrew historical writings, he says this in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. That while he built the boat, the boat obviously became an item of discussion. And as he discussed what he was doing with those who asked about the boat, no doubt he was telling them why he was building the boat. God said it this way in Genesis chapter 6. He said, my time with the, with the flesh of this world is going to be 120 years. In other words, for 120 years, Noah built the boat. Now, early on, it may not have been too obvious, but when you get a boat that's being built the size of that thing, your neighbors are going to notice something's different. They're going to start asking questions. This thing was huge. This thing was enormous. And people asking questions, what's he saying as he hammers? Better get it right with God. Judgment's coming. He was a preacher of righteousness. And he was a preacher of righteousness being divinely warned of things not yet seen. It had never rained before. But by faith, Noah believed God. And he believed God enough to act on that faith and to obey God, follow his instructions, not only build the boat, but build it God's way. And he made the book. And he's called a hero of faith. But he, of course, is a hero of a proper witness. All of these we need. And we need to learn to worship well, to walk well, and to witness well. And all three of these have to do according to the right of the book of Hebrews, with faith. And by faith, these three things can happen. Is there anything before we close? Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer as you stand. Pastor John David, you dismiss this, please, sir.